0: But we are going to go to our celebrity line now to talk to the voice of the blues, Chris Kerber. Chris, how are you doing today?
1: Brooke, I'm doing good. How are you?
0: I, I don't know why I called you Chris, because I, 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 was I haven't done that in so long. I was so I I've known you for an eternity, <laughs> so okay. and for some reason I went full anchorman and just said Chris like that. But you're Kerbs. You're always Kerbs. That's yeah. all I listen, know you that's, as. <laughs>
1: that's, that's, <laughs> listen, that's that's perfectly okay, because that was the name I was given. Okay, so I'm. Okay, I'm 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 okay with that. It's the one, the weird one is every now and then I get like, like, like I'll get an email from someone in the office or something like that. And it says, Hey Kerber. And I'm like, man, that just sounds weird to me. Like, (laughs) like use the nickname, use my first name. Like I'm actually, I'm actually a a first name person. Like, you know, until you know somebody well enough, like maybe that, that nicknames work. That's one thing. But, uh, So I'm okay. I'm okay with the first name. I respond to that too.
0: I know. I I always will. You're always (laughs) curbs in my book. So curbs, of course, we had to ask you about finally, finally hockey getting ramped up here. The blues opening training camp this Thursday with the D nine players on the roster. How does it feel to just get back to the season and finally just turn that page of what we saw last year?
1: Yeah, it'll be good. You know, you know, there's, we had a chance to sit down with blues general manager, Doug Armstrong, in the middle of last week. And he referred to the fact that the week or this off season has felt so much longer. And and he loved the quote he gave, you know, where he he talked about it's amazing how different just the two weeks of maybe making the playoffs and losing in the first round versus not making the playoffs feels. But in this case, it has felt that much longer because the blues knew that they were out of the playoffs longer, right? You felt like, like, like the season ended a long time. Like if you're a Cardinal fan right now, you feel like the season ended. You know, even though you have some storylines you're going to follow and some things like that. So um, with nothing on the line, it made it for a longer postseason. So people are really looking forward to gearing up. And I'll tell you what, like I was at Bush Stadium Friday night for, uh, for their Blues night at the ballpark. They, they sold like over 5,000 tickets for their Blues theme night giveaway that they had. Uh, the the jersey giveaway that they did was just awesome, and uh, and and the crowd was was terrific and, and into it. And man, the number of people that were just saying, "I'm geared up, I'm geeked up for hockey," got me really pumped up for this week and the start of camp. Curves are other than the obvious names that we know will make the roster. Is there anyone in particular that you're looking at that may be a surprise uh, in this training camp? Well, I think uh, the two. So. so Here's here's a few that I'm that I'm going to look for, and some might be uh, fit in the obvious ones, Kerry, But uh, you know, with Tory Krug, you know, out until October first, and I don't anticipate that being much longer than that, to be honest with you. Um, but it is going to open up maybe in a couple of preseason games a little more room for Scott Perunovich, who has to be a puck moving player for the Blues. So I'm I'm curious to see how Scotty looks here in the early going. Keeping it on the defensive side, Tyler Tucker. That's that to me. This team needs some of Tyler Tucker's um, size, some of his grit in there. So watching how he performs in camp to me on the defensive side is going to be, I think, real critical. On, on the offensive side of things, or the forward side of things, we've heard a lot about Zach Dean and that trade of Ivan Barbashev to Las Vegas, bringing Zach Dean over. Now remember, when when the Blues traded Tarasenko, when they traded Ryan O'Reilly, they got first-round draft picks. They got a first-round draft pick when they traded Ivan Barbashev. It was just in the form of a player that was drafted two years earlier by Vegas and Zach Dean. So what Doug Armstrong did by doing that is instead of drafting a player this year that you may not see impact the roster or even turn pro for two maybe three years, now he got a player that's turning pro this year, and you hear a lot about his character, his attitude, his uh, his his ability to play a two-way game, his responsibility. And I don't know if it's at a level yet, because honestly, I haven't seen him. So when I say this, I'm not saying he's not going to make the roster. I'm just saying I don't know if it's at a level yet of what impact he'll have on the roster. But I'm looking forward to seeing that player uh, that, that the Blues were very uh, high on when they got him in that trade. So that and then then the PTO that they just signed, you know, to round it out, Kerry, you know, in Nick Ritchie, a big body, a heavy body. Uh, a player that can, you know, that scored thirteen goals and twenty six points last season between two teams, for whatever reason, a flat salary cap, uh, whatever the, the the story may be, you know, for a player that I believe is what twenty seven. I, I I just think that this is an interesting PTO that can really change. And if he makes the blue squad on a, on a fourth line aspect and has a good camp, he is a prototypical Craig Berube kind of player. And when all of a sudden you think of whether it's an Oscar Sundquist, and Alexei Toropchenko, uh, and 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 a Nick Ritchie potentially on a fourth line scenario, whatever it may be, man, they could have some size on that on that bottom half of the roster. So that that's a big one I'm looking forward to.
0: Curbs, I know that we've talked about it a lot this off season, but with camp ramping up, of course I have to ask you again because until it's answered, I think it's going to be something on a lot of people's minds, especially Blues fans, is who will be the captain for the Blues going into the season? How long do you think it will take them to name that person?
1: Yeah, I don't think it'll take them too long if they're going to name one. And the reason I say that is, one, I don't feel that – that Doug feels in a hurry to do it, but you know, you, you go through last season, and, and then when you hear from Doug and you hear from Craig about uh, just where they're at going into this year, and that theme of we did, just didn't come together as a team early enough uh, was such a big theme at the end of the year in the post game pressers, and I still believe it is a theme in talking to these guys, and not just the coaches and the players. What I, I just think, to me, I get the sense, and I, and I believe with a, with a coach like Craig Berube, who, who actually can be very adjusting in, in, in his style. I mean, look, I've seen more players, more young players become impactful NHL players with Craig Berube as the head coach than I have seen with any other head coach that has been with the St. Louis Blues in the time that I've been here. And That's not a small thing there. And you've had some pretty you've had Hall of Fame coaches here in, in Quenville and and in and in Hitchcock. But Craig Baruby's got that ability. And I think though, with some of his hard nosed style, one person that knows how to handle him, work with him, and, and, and can be that liaison. And and he referenced something like you wanna when it comes to the captain, sometimes it gets overrated, but it ends up being a mess if you have the wrong one. But eventually, you need a captain, and he's never coached a team, by the way, that does not have a someone named captain. You you got to have somebody that you can go to in the right times. And he he told us that look, with with Alex Petrangelo, for example, you know, it got to the point sometimes Barubia come down the hallway, and Alex could just stop him and say, "No, we got it, we got it." And he said, "That's what you're looking for." Well, I don't see necessarily a really young player doing that. I see somebody like Braden Shen doing that. But I also, if you read the tea leaves, believe that based on what Doug Armstrong said at the end of last season, I think that he wants to make sure that the younger players really have a leadership role or have a voice, uh, a generational voice, for lack of a better way to put it. Remember somebody that can relate as Doug was talking to. So whether it's one guy, I I think it it wouldn't blow my mind to see the blues go the co-captain route, maybe one on the road, one on the home, bring somebody along. Um, I would think that that's more likely than the no captain route, but I don't know. And and heck, maybe it's sooner than later. Maybe they do within the first few days of camp. Uh, But I, I don't anticipate that topic in and of itself dragging out long.
0: Just real quick before we let you go, obviously a big story this past weekend coming out in the NHL, Babcock resigning after the podcast, spitting Chicklets, brought to light some of the things that made some of his players uncomfortable, including younger players talking about wanting to see their phone and what pictures they had to see what kind of person they were. Just wanted to get your take on that.
1: Yeah, this is a, this is a crazy story and if you followed the demise of Mike Babcock after his coaching stint in Toronto, um, he wound up being a player that really, or a coach that really kind of, you know, leaned on the mental warfare side of coaching for lack of a better way of putting it. You know, I mean, benching veteran players in winter classics, uh, you know, not playing a player in his hometown, you know, towards the end of his career, just weird things like that. And then some other stuff. Well, if for those that haven't followed this story, having apparently gone through, you know, a bit of a rehabilitation, an image rehabilitation as well, the Blue Jackets hired him. It was a bit of a controversial hire. Well, he pulls his players in, and as part of the quote-unquote get-to-know-you part, he says, hey, well, let's let's see some of the pictures on your phone. And, you know, I guess it seems kind of harmless, but in today's world, especially with the way things are on phone, you're like, hey, that also can seem kind of creepy, can't it? And mm-hmm. I don't know whether... I don't know whether there was any nefarious part of this. Aaron Portsline, I thought, wrote a terrific article on this on the, on the athletic that, that posted yesterday or today. But it's, it's one of those scenarios where Mike Babcock resigns because he doesn't want to be the distraction. Some players clearly through the NHLPA investigation were highly uncomfortable with this. Was it an invasion of privacy? Is it going too far? Is it, is it truly a get to know you tactic? I don't know, but the Blue Jackets are now left where they went with the associate coach on a two year contract. This is after more signings and trying to turn that franchise and get that franchise relevant year in year out. And it just hasn't happened much since they came into the national hockey league, 24 years ago. And, uh, and quite a shocking development here. And in the end they may have saved some embarrassment uh, long-term because if this was the beginning of something else of of more of what Mike, Mike Babcock did before, then this was going to be inevitable anyway. And so uh, quite quite an interesting story developed out of there in Columbus where a guy hired in the offseason, resigns before the start of the season, literally the week the training camp opens up.
0: Yeah, there's a lot lot of drama and stuff happening there, but it seems like it could be the right move, especially in this day and age. We talk so much about how the NHL needs to relate to their younger players and athletes. So thank you so much for joining us, Curbs. You see, I didn't call you Chris there. Curbs! That
1: was impressive.
0: Chris (laughs) Curbs, thank you so much for joining us, and we're looking forward to training camp this week.
1: Yeah, so am I. Hey, I got one quick question for you, off the hockey world. Yes. All right. In in your time with Channel Four, you probably had some contacts with with Misha, Missouri State, you know, high school athletic yes. association. Mm-hmm. All right. I, I have a question. I have a question, and I don't know if you, you can help reach out, but I'm going to try and reach out myself. I was talking to a volleyball referee, in in, in high school, in high school volleyball, uh, parents help do the lines, right? Help be line judges and stuff. Well, at the JV level. And the young, and the, I was talking to before a varsity game. Uh, it's like, I think volleyball might be one of the only sports where you have an up ref and a down ref. You need two referees, but at the JV level, they only have one. Hmm. And then you wait to start the high school game until the JV ref comes over and helps out. And I kind of want to find out why that is. Is it a budget reason or is it what? But it, it's the only, right now, it's, it's one of the only lower level of high school sports. Where, like, like, I know you've got two refs in basketball. I know you got enough refs in football. So, Curves- I know they've got the Lions guys in soccer. In football, uh, JV and freshman only have three refs. In our varsity games, oh. they have five. So, okay, so they do inc- and yeah. So, this is this is what this is what was going. Is so, I've been talking with some other people. We we really just across the board have to do a much better job of making sure that as parents as coaches as everything we do our can to to protect young refs and stuff yes. that want to kind of yes. do that as a job because because those are the ones that become the older refs that help the kids get through high school sports and stuff and it i think it's a focus that we can just continue to work on but it was a great conversation i had with the guy and carry that i mean that that backs it up that we we need to keep doing what we can to to bring more refs into the fold I, mean, I agree
0: i i totally agree i I know that I did a story in the past with Misha about how they were struggling to find refs for many different reasons yeah. um one of those being what you just mentioned is making sure that it's an environment where they can thrive in
1: yeah that's it. it really is the key that uh to 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 bring these kids and like when you've got when you've got fourteen fifteen uh I, I thirteen year olds that actually are helping refs UIC soccer and stuff you've got to as parents make an environment. That, that brings kind of that love of being able to help out available because those are the ones that will help make sure that, say, seven, ten years down the road, we've got enough rest for high school sports. It's 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 an issue that we got to stay focused on. All
0: right. Thank you so much, Curbs, for joining us. And like I said, we're looking forward to training camp this week and the blue season getting started.
1: Let's get it rolling. See, See you guys here. at the rink. Appreciate it. Bye.
0: All right. That was Voice of the Blues, Chris Kerber, a.k.a. Curbs. And we'll call him all Here's those things. Christopher. Chris, Christopher, Curbs. There we go.